Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, April the 6th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Well, Rod, tonight was uh, 79 and sunny and I cut my grass and it's the first week of April, so I can't complain. Feels like summer. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's just, it's snow flurries a few days ago down here. Right. <laughs> it's just yeah. hot. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to uh, to help us kind of break things down this week, our guest, Chase Richardson. Chase is back on the podcast. I think this might be your, maybe your third appearance, Chase. How are things going? Yeah, I think definitely probably at least my third or fourth appearance. Uh, you know, glad to be back, Rod. You know, we're, we're doing good uh, down here in Orlando. Uh, you know, it's been pretty warm, warming back up. Uh, Nice cool evenings now, so we've been sitting outside enjoying some beverages. It's it's been nice. Are are you guys above seventy nine down there? You know, I'd say most days it's probably about eighty two. This is like a very good time to be in Florida. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. So I know, uh, I know that uh, we're gonna talk blitz beverages. I know Jeff, you uh, you moved on from your uh, from your alcoholic beverages to some water, but I understand you enjoyed a, a Cabernet earlier. Would you like to talk about that at all? Well, you know, it was so nice out today, Rod. You know, I mentioned cutting the grass and got the grill out and grilled a little surf and turf. Um, so I thought, you know, what better night than a Tuesday night to open up a, a, a 2014 Dark Horse Cabernet that's been sort of chilling in the wine rack for um about seven years or so right now. Um, you know, if you can't do it on a Tuesday night, what night are you going to do it on? You know, so we wiped that bottle out pretty early. Um, the, uh, the, the, the lobster tails were awesome. Um, the, uh, the, the, um, fillets were, were succulent. Um, and you know, Hey, it feels like summer to me. Yeah, guys. Uh, uh, Jeff is uh, Jeff is good on the grill. You know, I am um, eloquent too. Wow. I'm still I'm still kind of learning. You know, I'm you know I might never get to where I can do lobster tails and things like that. You know, I, I do pretty good with burgers and things like that because I've got a pretty good grill now. Right, but, right. Uh, Je- Jeff's pretty. Jeff's pretty. Jeff's kind of like the master with the grill, so he, he's really good there. And uh, <laughs> right. and yeah, I got to give him props. Well, I mean, the key with the key with lobster tails is aluminum foil and tons of butter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sounds really good. Sounds really good. Um, Chase, what do you? Uh, we talked about this, but are you drinking now, or do you drink earlier, or what do you? Yeah, have? a little a little bit earlier. We were sitting out. So we live uh, by a lake here in Orlando. Um, so we like to sit out and kind of watch, you know, the sun and have a, have a nice glass of wine and kind of just watch the sunset. The sunsets are great in Florida, uh, with all the colors and stuff. So it, it's, it's nice. You know, we just like to relax. So now, uh, I took my dog for a little walk. Um, and now I'm just, uh, I'm relaxing. Uh, I'm thinking I'm, I might, I might turn on uh, some baseball here in a minute once we get off. Nice. So are you, as far as wine goes, are you an aficionado or do you just kind of drink casually? 
do you like red wine, white wine? Do you, you know, are you uh, particular with what you pair your wine with or what? You know, I wasn't a wine guy for the longest time. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I'm only 23, so I guess I can't say the longest time. <laughs> you know, for, for uh, the first year and a half of being allowed to drink, I wasn't a big wine guy. Uh, Jamie, actually, my girlfriend, uh, started getting more into wine. So we'll do, I mean, there's a wine bar we really like uh, around us, and they'll do, like, charcuterie boards, and they'll do, like, they'll show you what goes with what. So I do have, like, a... I guess like a base level knowledge of mm-hmm. like what kind of foods should go with what kind of wines, but it was it was pretty good. You know, we we, we enjoy it. Um, I would yeah. not call myself an aficionado though. I, I wouldn't say. But That's if right, you, you enjoy wine, time. yeah. I mean, if you if you enjoy it, you kind of uh, you know you just kind of learn about it. I mean, for sure. You know, I mean, Jeff uh, Jeff and his wife know quite a bit about it. They've been drinking wine for a while. I you know I'm kind of a um, I I know a little bit. Beer and, snob. And I enjoy it, but huh? <laughs> oh, I beer, might beer be a beer snob. snob. Yeah, I might be a beer snob. So, <laughs> guys, I I'm a, I'm actually on my second beer because we got a little bit of a late start here recording. I'm not I'm not blaming anybody. I sat down early before we started and I opened a beer, so I had it about gone before we started recording. So and I posted a picture of the Sierra Nevada Wonderland uh, Nectarine Ale. Um, it it was pretty good. I'll, I'll say this: I drank it and probably um, and guys, I'll say this again: I'm not like a heavy drinker. I don't drink a ton of beer all at once. So um, I drank that beer in, in in I don't know 20 30 minutes probably. So uh, so it went down pretty easy. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it's a pretty smooth drinking beer but you don't you don't taste a lot in nectarine um sierra nevada i mean it almost uh, it almost had a little bit of an ipa taste to it you know almost a little bit of that uh almost a little bit of that nature to it um but it, it was a really nice summer beer uh, just just uh just a very smooth beer taste to it um just just a hint of nectarine, not much, which, which is good because, uh, I, you know, I, I recently restocked my fridge and I got some other beers that had some fruit flavors in them. And some of them are very fruity. And and I'm kind of glad I only got like six of them because right. it's almost too it's almost like a fruit punch kind of deal. I, I really want to taste the beer with just maybe a hint of a flavor to it. And that's what this is. So. Uh, so I would I would recommend this, and it's really not even about the nectarine flavor because you really won't even taste that much. But if you want something summery, um, goes down kind of smooth, kind of light. I thought it was pretty good, you know. And I moved on to a to a Labatt Blue, another summer beer, just kind of a standby. So um, good stuff tonight. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So guys. Uh, I think we've all kind of uh, perused Twitter and uh, and and uh, every place else and looked for Brown news, Browns news, and there's really not much going on right now. <laughs> the uh, the trend continues. Uh, you know, we're we're looking for for stuff to talk about. Um, I do think maybe Jadavian Clowney's worth talking about because we were talking before we started recording, and uh, and Chase, you were, you were mentioning uh, uh, John Johnson. And his uh, and his Instagram and that um, how 
you know, how, sh how, um, I'm just going to kind of pass this over to you. Where do you stand? I mean, it, there's really not any news that's come out, but he hasn't he hasn't visited any other teams, right? Since right, right. And, and so, you know, I, the longer it goes, and I said this to you guys before we began, the longer it goes, you know, the more I'm kind of thinking it, it, it's probably more of like a sure thing, and it's gonna, just going to be a matter of when. To, to me... It feels like they're probably hammering out details, and they're kind of just the, the market. I would say is not dry, but I mean, he he would have a hard time. I would think finding a lucrative deal, you know, play a year here, you know, reset oh. your value opposite miles, and you know, kind of move forward. Well, the, I mean, there's a few other defensive ends out there still unsigned, so. Uh, these guys are competing for just a few positions, and but these guys might be unsigned through through July. Who knows? Uh, you know, they could right. sit out there for a while. It just seems kind of odd, but um, you know, this is not what we've seen with like the with like the wide receivers. You know, you, you look at wide receivers, and you got this huge wide receiver class coming out with like a hundred guys that are going to make you know, make rosters in the NFL, it, it seems like, uh, to where it's hard for a wide receiver to get a deal. Um, I mean, th there are defensive ends in this draft, and probably quite a few guys that are going to make teams in that, but um, there aren't there aren't a ton of guys who are going to have a dominant impact their first year. So, um, so it... To me, it's pretty interesting that uh, that he visited the Browns, nothing got done, and now we're just kind of sitting and waiting. Um, it, is part of this is part of this due to him trying to get healthy as well, guys? I've, I've yeah, seen a little I, bit about that. Yeah, you know, I think there could be some of that. He probably, you know, in terms of rehab and recovery and what things look like on imaging. I think he could definitely be trying to put himself in an ideal situation. So, you know, you want to put yourself in a stronger position to negotiate, you know, and health has obviously been a, a pretty big, in, you know, issue, at least to this point in his career. So, yeah, I, I think that's, there, there could definitely be some truth to that. Yeah, so, so Jeff, if the Browns, really think they have a, a pending deal with Clowney, wouldn't they want to wrap that up before the draft to know what they have? Well, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to, to add a vet like that, but I honestly don't think it changes their strategy Okay, on draft days. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, Clowney does come here. It's, it's probably going to be a, a short-term deal. Um, I'd be surprised if it's more than one year. Um, and like the other signings, um, you know, with Malik Jackson and Anthony Walker, um, mm -hmm. I think these guys are placeholders. Um, we, we still need to look for guys to be developing in those positions. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to have him, but honestly, I, I don't, I don't think Jadavian Clowney's the guy that puts us over the edge. 
Um, well, I think he fits the mold, right? It's a guy that has talent. You know, he's talented. It's a guy that's coming off of a poor situation, you know, albeit a situation that he probably put himself in. But, you know, he's looking to rehab his career and I guess his his image in a lot of ways. So, I mean, I think he just fits the mold of this front office. It's just a smart move. If you can get, you know, former number one overall pick Jadavion Clowney for $8 million a year to come sit for a year and, you know, maybe the edge you take in the first or second round now gets to sit sit and learn, by the way, behind a very talented edge rusher in Miles and Clowney, uh, I, I think it just fits the mold. It's just a smart move if you can make it happen for the right price. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, Chase. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you can add him for, for the right number, you do it. Um, but, you know, Tack McKinley's a, a, a very talented guy, too, who's also underperformed in his career. So I think we're, you know, we're, we're talking about adding more question marks to the roster. You know, we already have quite a few question marks on defense. You know, what are we really going to get from Jadavion Clay? I don't think you know, if, if, if we sat down and put pen to paper, we could say with, with a high level of certainty what we're going to get out of Jadavian Clowney for that 8 to $10 million. You know, you said earlier, the, the, the best thing you can say about him right now is that he's a talented run stopper, okay, who has had a hard yeah. time staying healthy, right. um, who has underperformed from a contract right. standpoint. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I like the idea of adding veterans who, you know, um, we know what we're going to get from them and our placeholders. Okay. But I'm not sure that Jadavian Clowney gives us the same value for the dollar that we're getting from Malik Jackson and Anthony Walker. Those are guys that, you know, you can sort of, sort of sketch out exactly what you're going to get from those guys and what their roles are going to be. Yeah, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what Jadavian Clowney would really bring to this team. You know, I, well, I, it could be it could be a ten, it could be a three. Right, and you know, I I think that that's also kind of been the motto of of this front office, right? Like, I think in their mind, you know, you could go get someone that could definitely get you four and a half sacks for five million dollars, but if you can up that to eight million dollars, you know, uh, money that you know, might not even be there given the rollover cap situation. That's just money for the year uh, that you have. So, I mean, when, when we're talking about that, I, I think that the argument could be made that Jadavion Clowney moves the needle enough to warrant the extra $3 million for the year. Um, you know, it, it, right. and it, and it is, it's, it's risk reward, right? So it, he could bust, he could right. hurt himself week four and we don't see him the rest of the year or Maybe, you right. know, playing opposite Miles and talented guys along the middle, along with Tack McKinley, they'll probably have him standing up for pass rush packages. You know, I, I, I think that maybe the, the, the less pressure on him, you know, maybe he sees a career year. Who knows? Right. Yeah, guys. So, yeah, my, so my point is, is I, I don't see us. I don't see that changing our priorities going into the draft. Oh, I totally agree. I think that it's a luxury and I think it's a smart luxury if you can get it for the number, which I think that they will. But it's something right. that is a luxury. So you go into the draft and if there's a guy sitting there, a la Jason Owe, you know, Quiddy Pay, although I don't think he'll be there. Just, you know, Ojolari. No. If you see a guy and, and you get to 
see him and you know maybe and always raw but he's a he's a freak and uh-huh. he tested like one. So uh-huh. if you can sit him for a year uh-huh. behind Clowney and Tack McKinley and Miles, all guys who have been around the league, like, you know, I, I not that they're, you know, I think Miles is a, is a, is a, a great leader. So I think that that would be great, you know? Right. Right. You know, well, let's be, let's be realistic guys on this team. The only guys who we really expect as far as defensive ends, you know, to, uh, to have spots and and we know that spots are not just given they're they're still going to have to be earned is uh, other than miles of course uh, miles and uh tack mckinley um you know other than that i mean who else is guaranteed spots on this team at defensive end really nobody so if you have those two guys and you sign Clowney, you've still got a spot for another defensive end right i mean uh, unless somebody um you know like curtis weaver really looks good you know, um, you've got at least one spot for a defensive end. So, so I think you're absolutely right, Jeff. I think I don't think it would change anything, especially when these guys are on one-year or two-year deals. Even if they sign Kleine for two years, you know, I don't think it would um, keep them from drafting a guy. So let, let's go back right. here and and tell me this: if um, if the Browns don't sign Clowney. What what's the best that you guys like could expect from Tack McKinley over a full uh, season if he's the starter? You know, probably hmm. in the neighborhood of like maybe six and a half sacks, seven sacks. Like I think he's a good pass rusher, and I think you saw like what he could be in like the early part of his career, especially. I think it was his first year was pretty good. Um. You know, and and like we've talked about, playing opposite Miles matters. Like you know, the double team stuff. They're opposite Miles, and and yeah. you know, this defense, the the DTs are, I mean, they should be pretty good. Assuming all these guys are still on the roster when, you know, when when fall gets here. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts, Jeff? If if we go forward and Tack McKinley's the starter and ends up playing most of the snaps in in this season. Well, I I really hope we don't end up in that situation because I really see Tack McKinley as a situational guy. Um, I think we need a first and second down defensive end, a guy who can put his hand in the dirt and, and move an offensive tackle. And I don't think Tack McKinley has the resume to do that at this point in his career. He may have the talent on paper, but um, to me, it looks like he's a situational third down pass rusher. He's the guy who's going to come in give Miles a blow once in a while uh, and be in your rotation. I, I don't think he was brought here to be your starting left defensive end. I, 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 I would be really disappointed if that's how we open up game one uh, with Tag McKinley at left defensive end. So, so is that a vote for signing Clowney or not? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, I think that's, that's a great move if you can do it. Um, you know, on something that makes sense, but I still mm-hmm. think we need to find a guy in the draft, and that's that's got to be our to top develop. priority. Is, yeah. is finding a guy in the draft to be our left defensive end, and and I think it's it's on par with where we were last year uh, from an offensive line perspective, where you know we had guys that that you know played at, at all positions on the offensive line, but we really needed a left tackle. You know, it's and so you saw it, what Andrew Barry did. Yeah, it's yeah. so 
I think, prescient of you to say that, Jeff, because I was actually just going to bring up... I, I've kind of been looking up and down the roster and, well, at least what we can expect the roster to probably look like, and I'm really only finding, like, five spots for rookies. So I think, you know, <laughs> given the amount of draft capital they have, uh, I think that you might see... I mean, if there's a guy sitting there at the top of the second that they really like, I mean, I think you could definitely see some picks be moving for them to get up if they really are enamored with a guy. Yeah, we, we've talked about this, Chase. Uh, the fact that uh, they're not going to make... Uh, um, what do they have, eight picks? Or nine? Eight or nine, nine, I think. I think nine. nine. Okay. Yeah, they got two two extra picks, uh, extra third and fourth, I believe, right? Right. So, yeah, they, they are... Um, nine rookies are not going to make this team. So, yeah, and I've asked Jeff yeah. and, and other guests this question. What are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, are they are they going to uh, trade picks out? Are they going to move, you know, up in the draft? Are they going to sign guys and just see who makes the team? You know, um, are they, or, I mean, are they going to use the picks and just see, you know, bring guys in and just see who makes the team? Cut guys even though they were drafted. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I agree with you on a team that's talented. It's, it's unlikely that more than, I mean, five rookies. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Realistic. Yeah. Right. And, and, realistic. Yeah. and you can kind of get, uh, I mean, you can talk about like the guardrails. I remember, we remember when that all came out. So like, you can kind of see like a shadow of the thought process. Right. So it's like churn the bottom of your roster, right? Like bring in like cheap talented players a la Clowney and John Johnson bring in you know uh, the the right kind of rookies to make an impact and I, I think that they're going to be aggressive I think that's been a hallmark of this front office I think they're going to be looking to move up if necessary and if they don't have a deal they like they're going to be smart and they're going to trade out for future assets for 2022 and 2023 you know yeah. I yeah. I have I have never, in a, in a, I don't know if you guys relate to this, um, but I've I've never felt so much trust in a front office. It's like everything they do, I'm like, that's going to work out probably. Like, I trust it to work out. Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> it, but this, isn't it kind of weird, right? It's like every move they make, you're like, that is smart, and I, I pretty much agree with it. It's, it's really refreshing. Yeah, I mean... Uh... You know, people will crucify me for this, but I really, I, I trusted John Dorsey going into the draft. You know, the, the, um, what was it the, uh, the um, draft with Baker? So that's how many years ago was that? The nineteen draft or the eighteen draft? Um, eighteen. It was eighteen draft. So you know, I trust him going in, but then, you know, I, you know, I wasn't sure about Baker. I, I really wasn't sure about Denzel Ward. And I'm thinking, you know, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And we'll get into that later. So, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I do trust these guys, uh, or Andrew Berry in particular. So, and I, yeah, I, I, I think I feel good about what they're doing, what yeah. they've done, Rod. But, you know, it's a little, it's a little soon to anoint these guys as, as geniuses. Well, yeah, um, let's, let's let draft. them develop a more of a body of work. Yeah, I mean, oh, I I'd like to you. see, I'd like you. to see how this draft class works out. I mean, I think if this draft class pans out the way the last one did, I think you're in a good spot. Yeah, but I, I mean, I have a good feeling, and I, I do trust them because of other things they've done. It's not just the draft. You can't look at just the draft because we we only have one year 
you know, based on, on last year's draft. So it's really hard to grade the draft even after one year, um, even though last year's class, you know, looks looks very good. So I think I think they don't I don't know that they've really missed on a free agent signing, at least as it pertains to last year. So I'm interested to see how this batch of free agents works out. Because it, it is, yeah. I think it's pretty rare to bring in free agents that actually, you know, pan out in a significant way. But John Johnson looks like, you know, kind of a, a game-breaking type of dude. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and you kind of ha- are going to have well, to grade these had... guys a little bit differently when you got when you got guys like John Johnson. You know, the guys who who are signed to more significant deals than than these guys who are signed to one-year deals who are going to be gone in a year that are right. the, the placeholders, right. like Jeff said. Yeah, I, I mean, just yeah, I mean, the, the Jack yeah. Conklin, for instance. You know, Jack Conklin, you had a, an expectation level, right, right. based on yeah. the deal, right. the position, yeah. right. The expectation is is high. John Johnson, the expectation level is high. Okay, um, some of these other guys, you know, they're they're going to be hopefully depth pieces um, or guys who are you know helping to bring younger guys along. Um, so. Yeah, I, I'm. I like what they've done so far. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, saying that that they don't have a good track record to this point. Um, but but the NFL is hard, and the draft is hard, and you're gonna miss. Oh yeah. Well, you know, sure. we can't. We can't. You know, suddenly second guess guys because they miss. And and this draft is is even wilder than anything in recent memory. And you know, we have a totally different perspective on the draft this year. You know, honestly, for me in the past, I studied the top 10 picks because yeah, that's all that mattered to us. Well, right? here, here's as a, the, as a Browns fan. That, that's all that mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's so much different right now is that the Browns are not, the Browns are not, are not going to have to draft to fill specific positions. So I think Andrew Berry can go into this and look and, and, and uh, you know, go by his grades on players and take the best guy. And yeah, he's, of course he's going to look at defense first, probably, you know, but there are a number of positions on defense that can really, really help this team. So I think he's going to look at defense, maybe, you know, maybe, ta- maybe tackle, you know, in the first couple picks, um, but it gives him gives him a chance to by not being blocked in and having to having to, man I got to take a I got to take a tackle in the first round this year you know it gives him a chance to really be able to it gives him a better chance of being able to nail the pick it really does mm-hmm. now whether you know it doesn't mean he's going to on everyone but but I agree with you so let me go back to defensive end real quick guys and let me know if you agree with us it, the the best way for the Browns to handle um, defensive end is, is for them to start with with Miles Garrett, Tack McKinley, Jadavian Clowney, and a rookie defensive end drafted in the first or second round on the roster. Totally agree. Totally agree. Jeff, you good with that? Yeah, I, I would. I would say that'll work. If you can't get Clowney, I think the there are a couple other guys still have to come in the first round. Yeah, I I think I I still I want I want twenty six or wherever we end up slotted if there's a a move up or down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want that first pick to be a defensive end 
who's a three down guy. Um, and, and, in a, and in a four, three lineup that can put his hand in the dirt and, and can play all three downs. Okay. So, um, that, that for me eliminates some guys. Um, so we can get a little bit more about who I think fits that, but for me, I think, you know, that, that is the pressing need this year. You can talk about other depth pieces we need going forward, you know, yeah. uh, on you know with some dis- decisions we're going to have to make on players and guys we need to develop and so forth. But that is the pressing need this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I agree. I want I want to talk just briefly about uh, the Sam Darnold trade, which is just kind of interesting, guys. He goes to the Panthers for. Uh, what was it, a, a sixth rounder this year and second and fourth rounders in 22. And I guess he's getting his fifth year extension um, as part of as, as part of this or, or whatever. He knows he's going to get that. So and I think the I um, think I think Carolina gets a box of Cracker Jacks with that, too. Cracker Jacks. Oh, well, that's that steep. Well, oh, they Carolina gets that. OK, yeah. Nice. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, that balances it out. I think, um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's an overpay in some ways, but at the same time, if Joe Brady thinks that he can work some kind of weird magic and turn him into Joe Burrow, then okay, like I that's think fine it's by an overpay me. Because of the second rounder next next season. Yeah, I mean, I, Jeez. I think the highest I might have gone was a third, but I mean, that's just me. Uh, he was That's garbage. That's crazy because, I mean, you think about it. This this is a guy who who pretty much everybody thought was going to be the number one pick in the draft in 2018. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And then the and that, not only that, but if you if you if you roll the calendar back two or three years prior to that, teams were lining up and tanking to draft. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and it's weird. Uh, because he's just so bad, and it's not even like you can blame the O-line and Adam Gase, which all totally fair. His numbers from a clean pocket are damning. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, like, we're talking, like, bottom of the barrel, 33rd qualified quarterback in the league from a clean pocket accuracy, like, so bad. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, well, it, it just it just shows you how how. You know, I, I told you, Rod, that the, the NFL draft is a crapshoot. You know, even when you're it, talking it about is. top but, I mean, Yeah, Darnold's still only, what, 23 years old, though? So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I know you can't teach certain things, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to give up on a guy when he's that young. So I think, yeah. I think that it's possible. And I think that the most likely scenario is he's Teddy Bridgewater. Like he's okay. Like he's he's just kind of there. He's the twenty second best quarterback in the NFL. Like you know, he might just be Andy yeah. Dalton. Like that's fine. Some guys are Andy Dalton. You right. need Andy Dalton. Well, you right. know what I mean? And uh, teams teams win with Andy. You know, not the Bengals, but teams win with Andy Dalton. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could, you, I mean maybe you can go win nine games with Sam Darnold. Who knows? I mean, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Good for Darnold. So I just thought we'd look. What's know, funny is that you know if if you look at that draft, Rod. Um, you know, That's there were a going. ton yeah. of questions about Josh Allen. You know, there, yeah. there were Josh Allen, there were there were all kinds of questions about him. 
there were even more questions about Lamar Jackson. Right. 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 Um, but everybody kind of everybody felt confident, like you know, Darnold is is kind of the safe pick. Um, you know, Josh Rosen, we we feel pretty good about him. Uh, we're you know we're not sure what his what his ceiling is. Um, Baker, you know, nobody really knew what to expect with Baker, but but Josh Allen, you know, was like, oh, you know, I don't I don't think he's going to work out. And and Lamar Jackson's like, nobody wanted to touch Lamar Jackson. That's why he went at the end of the first round, you know. So and those are the two guys. Well, the three guys, if you include Baker, um, out of that draft that ended up being the consistent quarterbacks and the two guys that everybody thought were going to be, you know, the sure things um, are pretty much washed up at, you know, in their early 20s. It's, it's crazy that, to think that, you know, 32 NFL teams can that badly miss on quarterbacks. Well, it's kind of interesting to me, right, because that almost to me makes me respect like our front office a little bit more because I know like everyone didn't play like super quality snaps, but every rookie like played and contributed last year, like down to the seventh round, which is pretty rare. I think, especially for a roster this talented, even just for all the rookies to make the team, let alone contribute, I think is, is incredible. It means you drafted pretty darn well that you knew your stuff going into the draft. For sure. Yeah. I mean that, that, uh, that that 18 draft, yeah, it, it's very interesting because I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of tweets, a lot of stories about, you know, well, well, all these guys are gone, you know, all these guys have been traded, and you know, and 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 every quarterback, and you know, maybe it maybe it's uh, top five quarterbacks or whatever, but um, you know, other than Baker, are not with their team anymore. But I mean, Josh Allen was taken seventh, you know, he's and he's obviously doing very well um lamar jackson you know uh, ravens moved up into the first round to get him i'd probably to get that you know to get that uh fifth year um mm-hmm. that was a very interesting draft class you know it really is with, with denzel way. ward going fourth nick chubb going 35th um yeah, I, th- I think you could talk about that draft class for, for just hours and hours. But, um, you, you know, it, it, it was crazy. When the Browns made that first pick, you know, I was at I was with a uh, group of, of uh, Browns backers, and you could have heard a pin drop when the wow. Browns picked Baker. Nobody wanted the Browns to pick yeah. Baker. Well, nobody, you know, nobody in the right. entire room wanted the Browns to pick Baker. Um, hey, you know, within five, you know, after after the ward pick, um, pretty much everybody in the room got up and just walked out and left. Well, because right, it was uh, everyone wanted Barkley, right? Like Barkley was the big thing. Everybody and wanted then, Barkley or or one of the other QBs number one, and then at four, people wanted Bradley Chubb. You know, I wouldn't have been mad. I wouldn't have been mad at that time. No, no, Bradley Chubb, Chubb would have Chubb. been fine, but you know, I mean, these these picks, these picks worked out pretty well. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got two two excellent players that and, year, right? Like that year between free agency and then um, like the draft itself, like maybe the most consequential in Browns history, right? Like if things continue to trend in a positive direction. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, yeah, we've, I mean, we've talked take... for years about laying that foundation, and, and that you're right, Chase. That that draft is what did it. Yeah, 
taking Chubb at 35 and, and Baker and Ward. Those three guys. I mean, I, I you mean, can, and, you and can talk about the other guys that are gone. Right. Who cares? Right. And Jeff said it, right? Like, Jeff, the NFL draft's hard. Like, you need to hit a couple times, and especially, like, a guy like Chubb in the second round. Like, you need to make picks like that and at the at the correct time. And you need to, a lot of things need to go right for your fortunes to change. The NFL's built for parity, right? Like, the NFL's designed for everyone to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. So to be bad for so long should, you know, just numerically not be a thing. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it should be hard. Incredible things in Cleveland. We, we've but, talked about that a lot of times, Chase. It's hard to be bad for a long time. It really is. It, it's it's actually rather incredible. And, and there's a lot of good content. Like um, there's YouTube creators, right? Like there's uh, – like urinating tree is a guy. Uh, there's a couple other content creators that do like long form narrative, you know, type of storytelling, and and they do some pretty uh, interesting stuff on just how hard it is to do what the Browns have done for like the last decade. <laughs> yeah, we should up be until proud. now, obviously, yeah, for sure. So, yes. Uh, yeah, so, so guys, the uh, the trade of Darnold um, really. You know, makes it apparent that obviously the Jets are going to take uh, take Wilson at um, at number two. San Francisco apparently is in love with Mac Jones. I mean, uh, you guys explain <laughs> that to me. Why? I mean, I don't see it. But why I is mean, Justin what, Fields going to drop to like number six or eight in this draft? And is that really going to happen? He's going to go to like I, I know I'm a homer. I know I'm an Ohio State homer, but really, is he I like the? fourth or fifth best quarterback in this draft i mean i certainly don't think so no. i mean what the heck do i know i mean i it, what, what if he f- makes it past number four if someone if atlanta takes Pitts or if someone else trades up and takes lance or jones mm-hmm. he'll he'll free fall all the way to nine he'll get down to detroit and i think they'll take him uh, unless someone else trades up you would think so you would think somebody would trade with miami to get ahead of detroit then Quarterbacks are such to get it, Like even at the top of the first round, like Lawrence, we think probably is pretty foolproof. But like other than that, like I don't know. Like we just said it, right? Like Lamar Jackson went thirty second, and he was the second ever unanimous league MVP. Like it, you know, it, any Justin Fields could fall to twenty eight, you know, go to the Patriots, whatever, and or wherever they're picking, and they, they pick fifteen a, actually, but or yeah. fifteen, yeah, Hall. We're thing. not used to them picking that high, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, you know what I mean, though. Like the guy could go anywhere. I mean, Dak Prescott was a fourth rounder, and he made how much this last off season? Well, it's true. It's true. And yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of guys who have gone. A lot of great quarterbacks have gone in the lower half of the first round. So I mean, whatever, right? Like if he's ta- if he's as talented as we think he is, and he goes to a team that has an actually decent roster, then you know who knows? Maybe he pans out the best because. People well, don't want to admit it, but it is like so location and situational based for quarterbacks. Like, who knows if Darnold comes to you know uh, Buffalo, what his career is like? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's um, y- you make a good point. Guys obviously want to get drafted high. It means more money for them, uh, more right. prestige, right? But as far as their career goes, it's really better if they go like, you know, number 20, 25, 28. Well, that, well and that's why I was like, so excited for him initially, right? Because on paper, at least San Francisco's there. Like, they got Trent Williams. Like, the defensive line's disgusting. Like, 
Kyle Shanahan. They, they got a great team. They had injuries last season. Yeah, so, I mean, you would think if if you think Justin Fields is, quote-unquote, the most talented at three left, you would go get yeah. a guy like that because he can next year potentially take you to the Super Bowl. And for four years after that, while you still have him on a cheap contract, he allows right. you, or, you know, obviously Mac Jones would afford them the same luxury, but they're going to have this talented roster now, and they're going to have a cheap quarterback again for yeah. probably like five years. Yeah, so you guys you guys think five quarterbacks are definitely going before the Browns pick, right? Yes. At, at least four. I would say five for sure, but at least four. Which is a great thing because that just means more good players are going to drop to us. Oh, yeah, Jeff. Speak yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Um, Do we want yeah, to talk so, about who we want for the Browns at twenty six? Like, yeah, do we have? Yeah, let's kind of let's kind of try to get there. What's um, you know, assuming that five five QBs go, what other position runs do you guys expect to happen? I mean, to me, it's probably either wide receiver or or tackle. You know, maybe corner. You know, that we'll see a, that we'll see a run go in that first round. Right. What do you guys think is most likely? Um, I mean, you're going to see, I, th- I think you're going to see at least five, five tackles come off the board, offensive tackles before the Browns pick. I'd say you're probably going to see four, probably five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very likely. And five um, wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're going to get both Bama kids, right? You're going to get Jamar chase. Uh, you're probably going to get a guy like Rashad Bateman is like a guy in the twenties. I could see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's four or five guys. And then, um, I mean, edge guys, I don't know how many guys would be gone before the Browns pick at least, at least one, three, not two, right? Two or three. I mean, I could honestly, I could see two. I could see two coming off the board. I could see. Probably pay, maybe Jalen Phillips, guy like that. And then corner is kind of hard to tell too. So probably anywhere from two to what, maybe five. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the ones with the most flux, right? Because you think you're gonna get Sertain, you think you're gonna get Horn, you think you're gonna get maybe Greg Newsom, probably fairly too, right? The kid from Virginia Tech or Virginia. Yeah, well, yeah, it depends. I mean, he's the guy who, he's the guy who could who could fall because of his surgery. So you yeah, know. yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, linebacker probably uh, probably, well, I mean Parsons One. is gone, right? For sure. Right. And then uh, uh, JOK, which I guess is what everybody calls him now, which is a whole lot easier. Um, he's the guy who everybody's. <laughs> Hoping might be available, but yeah, a uh, good he, chance that he gets picked too. He's a pretty perfect like big nickel. So on, I, I think that if he makes it even into like our stratosphere, I think I could see like maybe the Jets taking him since they're going to be running a similar system to San Fran now. Okay. At twenty three is a guy I think that I could see them taking. You guys think a running back goes before twenty six? No, I'm gonna say no. If one does, it's only gonna be Najee Harris or ATN. I don't think they both go before 26. Okay. I think those guys yeah. are probably looking at top of the second. Yeah. Um, 
Is Kyle Pitts the only tight end that's going? He's obviously going before 20. I think Fryermuth could go he's maybe top, top into five the, or six, probably. Yeah, I would say for sure. He's not going to make it out of the top 10, but I think Fryermuth is a guy you could maybe see in the late 20s. He could, okay. And then um, Christian Barmore, is he going? Uh, I think well, he's a guy that could be there. I think he's a guy that could potentially be there. Like uh, People don't really value inside, like, at least nose tackles that much. I think he could be there at 26. And what do you guys think of any of the safeties? you think any of the safeties are going before 26? Uh, Morig? Morig's a guy who probably goes first. but Yeah, I think if it's anyone, it's Morig. Like, I think I think JOK like, is like a hybrid linebacker safety, so if you want to count him, then I guess maybe two. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at like... Uh, if I take the minimum, I'm at like 22, 23 guys gone. You know, yeah, for like sure. I, I, mean, I, I, think, pick. I mean, I think they're going to have options. And you know how Brown's Twitter is like very reactive at all times. So you always like, oh, he's never going to be there. Eventually, yeah. Your, yeah. your list of guys that are never going to be there is going to be over 26. <laughs> so someone's right. going to be there. Right. Yeah. And all these guys can't go in the first round. Well, and it's 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 the luxury we just talked about. Like, no. they, like they don't. I mean, it doesn't matter who's there. Someone good is going to be there, and they can just draft him or move yeah, back. It, it doesn't matter how many guys run four threes. There's only there's only thirty two picks in the first round. Right. <laughs> right. So so Chase, who who do you expect to be there at twenty six? What kind of options do you expect the Browns to have? You know, who do you think the best? Um, who do you think the best corner? Who do you think the best edge? Who do you think the best offensive tackle? Um, you know, even maybe even the best wide receiver. Who do you think the best guys will be who would be available for the Browns at 26? I think at 26, maybe Zayvon Collins could still be there. I know that we've seen him get mocked to the Browns a lot by the know. national media. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that's that not happening it. as Jeff has said. <clears throat> Right. So I, I, I don't expect that to happen. <laughs> right. but, you know, we <clears throat> in terms of uh, other guys that could be there, like I think Eric Stokes from Georgia is a guy that they've talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Terrence Marshall is a wide receiver from LSU that doesn't get um, the kind of attention that he should, you know, because of Jamar Chase. And, you know, the team wasn't really uh, that good this year. But uh, I think that. You know, just those guys. Uh, Barmore could be there, like I said. Um, maybe a guy like. You know, I just you know, it, it's 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 kind of hard to know. Um, um, corner's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. It'll be that'll be. I mean, I mean, it could be any of like five different guys. I mean, yeah, and I mean, I've, if if four guys get taken, maybe you, like I said, maybe you get a guy like Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Um, it's just kind of hard. Like I've seen Nick Bolton get talked about a lot for like the second round, uh, a linebacker from Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, there's there's options later too, right? Like there's Asante Samuel Jr. Like that's a guy that could potentially like maybe fall to you in the second round. Um, Aaron Robinson from my alma mater, UCF, is a guy that I've seen oh, yeah. uh, talked yeah. about at 59. Yeah, who, who do you think, if the Browns decided to go tackle a guy to be the the heir apparent at right tackle, who do you who do you think they would have their eye on? You know, hope that would fall to them, maybe make twenty six, hmm. or or 
you know, maybe they even move up a couple spots. Maybe, maybe Cosme from Texas is like a guy that you could see. Um, that he's probably more of like a first round guy in terms of guys. Uh, in the second round, like maybe you could see a guy like Alex Leatherwood from Alabama falling. Like he's like a very like aggressive uh, road paver. Like he's a very talented tackle. Um, I think in a year that I think in a year with less talent, you might see him as a first rounder. Jalen Mayfield uh, from Michigan is another guy in that range for fifty the fifty ninth pick. Yeah. How do you feel about these names, Jeff? Well, let me go back to what I said earlier about the need for this year. It's right. it's the defensive line. Right. And and if if I'm if I'm prioritizing who I want to get um, out of this draft with, um, number one is we've we've got to have somebody play that that left end. Um, I wouldn't mind ending up with far more in the first round. If all the edges that I like are gone at 26 mm-hmm. um, and then the, get into the second tier of um, guys that I like, I mean, Oway Basham, um, mm-hmm. Jerry yep. Robinson, Patrick Jones. Yep. I mean, those guys I think are going to be there at 59. Peyton Turner. So I think Houston. A, um, Peyton Turner is an interesting scenario from the from the perspective that he can move inside. So just depending on how our defense evolves, and if we do end up using more of a um, you know what I call a tweener guy to bring the pass rush from that side, you know Peyton Turner yeah. could be that guy that's you know he's your end on first and second down, and then he moves inside, and you know Tack McKinley maybe um, you know is your stand up rusher. Um, but I, I really feel like, you know, worst case scenario would be if the top three edges are off the board and Barmore's off the board. Now, maybe you have to go cornerback because there's going to be some real good ones there for you. Right. But oh, there should be class. Yeah, you should have your choice of like the fourth or fifth corner. Yeah. Right. I mean, this, this class is so deep in. Jeffy there. We may have lost him temporarily. Yeah, I might have lost Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to get your thoughts, Chase, on the um, you know I've seen the the of uh, Joseph Osai, who's a linebacker, but people have him listed as a as an edge. Right. Also. Right. Is he a guy who can play edge in the NFL? Is he is he big enough? Ways with Greedy um, Williams. Yeah. Right. I, I, that's what I want to I mean, I want to see a guy who's going to be out there on first and second down every week. OK, um, yeah. 59. Um, if that's if that's our edge guy, maybe he's developing behind the Jadavian Clowney. OK, right. Um, 89, 91 and 110. I'm just going to kind of lump together as as those three picks are going to come from a group of guys that we're going to be developing for next year and beyond. And it's going to be offensive tackle. Um, I like James Hudson out of Cincinnati a lot as a guy who um, can be our swing tackle early and can eventually develop. That's the big kid. Yeah. I mean, he can eventually develop into our starting right tackle in two or three years. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other guys that, that fit that mold um, in that second batch of picks. Um, you know, there are some cornerbacks that I really like there that are, that are, you know, tall athletic kids. Um, Tyson Campbell, maybe there still, um, yeah. Israel McQuamu kid six, four, um, can take the other team's tight end out of the game in yeah. a situational sub package. I mean, that's the kind of cornerback I want to see us draft. I mean, you know, Troy Hill gives us the flexibility to put a kid there that isn't going to be on an island, you know, that, that we can bring in situationally and develop. So I think cornerback, you know, if, if we take a cornerback high and then we try to backfill this other stuff, I'm going to feel like, you know, the draft really went sideways on us. Um, I think it needs to be one of those top three DNs. Um, I don't think pay is going to be there. Uh, but Phillips or Rousseau probably will be. And well, let, let me ask one. I'm yeah. taking. Let me ask you this then, Jeff, because Rousseau, a lot of people, um, you know, are, are kind of projecting to be a guy that probably moves inside, you know, because he doesn't necessarily have the athletic traits. Uh, Rousseau? He, yeah, because, you know, okay. a lot of people are kind of projecting him to, as a guy that will probably kick in at least for some downs for well, most teams as a tackle. So what do you what do you think there? I actually would be in favor because if he works out on the edge, then he works out. But you had a need in the middle anyway. You know what I mean? So you kind of in well, yeah, that's, that's there. The, that's sort of the Peyton Turner argument, right? right. Um, but in a later round, I mean, look, the the knock on Rousseau is that a lot of his activity, a lot of his sacks came from the zero technique. You know where right. he was lined up inside and wasn't going against a tackle. Right. Um, look, he, he's got one year of, of college football under his belt. He opted out last year. Um, but if you know if, what, if, if you watch the film on him, he's incredibly athletic. Uh, I think right now Jalen Phillips is a more finished product than Rousseau. But if, again, if we're in that scenario where Jadavian Clowney is here for a year and we've got Rousseau coming in uh, with Tack McKinley behind those two starters that's like mind mind blowing to think, you know, how good our pass rush could be this year. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm honestly really quite uh, enamored with Phillips as a prospect. I, I really like him. I, I would really like him at 26. I, I think love Jalen Phillips. I, I mean, again, you know, you, you watch him play, I think he could step in and play every down. Oh yeah, and and he oh, yeah. would he would feast opposite Miles Garrett. Both of these guys are natural left defensive ends who will will absolutely um, feast with with Miles being double teamed. Um, Phillips has the question mark of health, right. but you know what? If he was there and we could I, I would I would risk it. I would take him. Oh, heartbeat. I think certainly. I mean, and even if I only got two or three seasons out of him, I'd I'd be thrilled. Well, because you're you're next year. It's next year. Right. Like people really aren't talking about it quite that much yet. But like next year's the year, guys. Like, you know, what I mean, so like if there's well, a rookie want, there, yeah. 
We so want to win like, in the next two years. Right. So if next, yeah, we, if we want a championship in the next two years. If, if there's a rookie sitting there at 26 that can walk in and give you eight and a half, nine, ten sacks opposite Miles Garrett, you you jump. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, yeah, just not only this, that, but you you watch either of these guys play, and maybe it's part of it's coming from the Miami program, but um, I mean, these are two really disciplined guys. Oh yeah. You know that that you don't see them over pursue. You don't see them um, get get faked on a run play. I mean, their their highlight reels show them really maintaining their integrity of their position. And you know, we don't just need a, a guy who's fast, right? Going to get around the corner. You know, we don't want to be giving up 150 and 200 yards of rushing every game, too. <laughs> right. You know, right. So, right. So, <laughs> Well, and I mean, that's the Clowney argument, right? They like, can that's play the, both sides, right? Right, and that's the good thing with Clowney, right? If you have him for a year, like maybe you kick in Rosso to the middle, and now like you have like two trees in the middle of your defensive line. There's guys. Uh, who's the other guy? Um, the guy, the, the edge from uh, or the tackle from UAB. I'm trying to think of his name. I want to say it's Smith. Maybe is a guy I was looking at. Um, for the Browns, he's huge. He's like six seven two, and I, I I saw one mock that had us going Rousseau and then him in the second, and I was just thinking of adding two guys that are six seven six eight to the D line, was crazy. Pretty cool, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so guys, I think I know Chase's answer here, but if for some reason that you know there are a couple of runs in this draft that don't include defensive end and, and Rousseau and Phillips are both there. At 26, the Browns just kind of sit and watch both of these guys fall. Uh, Chase, you're taking Jalen Phillips. Is that right? I think that they're both very kind of overwhelming, but in different ways. Like, they're both, like, very disciplined, as Jeff alluded to. They're both, like, very violent pass rushers. Jalen Phillips, to me, just kind of has that thing that sets him apart as a prospect. And it's a little bit of the same thing you kind of see with Miles. Like, if you're watching the all 22 or if you're watching um you know just like the tape slowed down like he's getting off i would say a good quarter of a second like before everyone else is reacting and that's the same kind of stuff you see with miles like Mm -hmm. yeah he is just explosive it's 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 a marvel and jeff talked about it his tape is insane to watch Uh, jeff who who are you taking then or what are you doing i mean are you thinking of trading back a spot (laughs) (laughs) and just let the other team you know make your decision for you (laughs) you know picking up a a third rounder in 22 (laughs) i I have him ranked um pay phillips rousseau um -hmm. that that's my top three uh that's my tier one defensive end those are guys that fit our system those are guys that can get the job done in year one so Um, you take phillips right uh, whichever, yeah. If 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 Pay's there, I take him. If Phillips is there, I take him. If Rousseau is there, you know, if if that's the last guy left, I take him. Um, if none of those three guys are there, then I'm going to go to Plan B. Plan B for you is Barmore. You said. Well, if Barmore's there, he's kind of like the wild card. Right. Yeah. So uh, would you take uh, him over well, Phillips? Well, it, it means that there's somebody there at another possession, guys. Right. Like, Definitely. Would you yeah, take him so, over Phillips right. then, Jeff Barmore? No, I, th- I think I think if Phillips is is there um, and and maybe somebody has already taken Rousseau and, and 
pay, and it's between Barmore and Phillips. I think Phillips fills a more immediate need for us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and if, if those guys are all gone, you probably have your shot at at one of the top corners, or you know, maybe one of the top wide receivers, or one of the top tackles. So, so are, are there right. names that you guys like? And uh, Jeff, and I think you you said this earlier that you're kind of lumping those middle picks together. Are there guys that you're kind of you're you're into at those picks? Or are there you positions? Mean at, at 59. Yeah, like you know, just yeah, like those middle picks. Uh, you know, the third, the second, or, the third, and the fourth. Okay. Well, I, I at 59, I think we're we're either if if we've got our edge at 59. I, or at, at 26, I think at 59, we're probably going cornerback. Okay. Um, but it just yeah. depends on who's there. Okay. Um, if if one of those top tackles was there, I wouldn't be afraid to take them in the second round. But okay. I like those guys better um, in, in one of those sandwich picks at 89 and 91. It, it's really going to be fun to watch 89 and 91 because you get two out of the next three picks. Yeah. And depending yeah. on you know who's there. Um, th- that's going to be really interesting to see who's still there at that point. Um, but I, I think, yeah, yeah at, at, at 89 and 91, we're looking, um, uh, that next group of need is D tackle. Um, and, and honestly, if, if, if we don't have a D tackle, we like at 89, we're probably not coming out of this draft with one because there just aren't enough good ones for us to draft this year. What would you think about uh, a guy that's like that? Probably uh, be on next year's. What would you think about a guy like Marvin Wilson then, if he was there in like maybe the fourth round? If he falls um, to fourth, yeah. A lot of people like Alan McNeil. Yep, I think that's too. like a third round type guy. Probably third round guy. Yeah. But hold up for just a second, guy. I've been wanting to do this. I've been, you know, we've been talking about maybe five rookies making this team. I really want to sit down with a value chart and convert these nine picks into five picks, mm. you know, kind of see where yeah. that puts the Browns, you know, move right. those three picks that are bunched together up using the, who would it be? Uh, I think PFF has that for sure. They probably have that already. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably I'll, real easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think PFF, you can trade easy. picks are pretty easily. I think uh, the draft network, you can do it, but I want to say you have to be a, a subscriber to do it. Yeah, well, I, I can get a chart and do it real easily, but so maybe I'll right. do that for next week. But um, all right, well, you know, of, you can definitely move those three picks up. You know, was it um, the two? You're looking at the two third rounders and the the first fourth round pick, right? Well, so um, yeah, I mean, you could definitely move those up a bit and, and give you more, you know, a little bit higher options because you're you're taking those lower picks. I mean, it's not going to move them up a ton. But it's going to give you a little bit more reach, you know. Maybe you can get one of them to a to a the end of the second round, um, leave one of them the same, and maybe maybe move the fourth rounder up to you know to the end of the third, something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, I don't know, like some combination of like uh, first couple rounds. Like you talk about a guy, maybe you get. Uh, Maybe you get one of the premium edges, right? Like maybe Phillips falls to you, maybe second round fifty nine, maybe a guy like Tommy Togia is sitting there, right? Like I've seen I've seen some I've seen some mocks, honestly, uh where Rousseau fell to like the top of the second. 
Um, mm-hmm. I could see the Browns maybe trading one of the thirds to jump up and grab him if he's sitting there and they feel like they could get some value. Yeah, yeah, because you got to be realistic. Once you get into the second round, <laughs> the contracts are, are minimal. Right. You know, they're, right. they're minimal. It doesn't matter. So move these picks up so you get, you know, if if they're if that's where they think the value is. You know, it, it's going to be up to Andrew Barry. If he thinks that the value is the same in the third round as it is middle of the second, then he's, he's going to stay put, you know, are and th- try to try to get guys there. Are there positions but, like, Jeff, I know you mentioned that you were talking about uh, potentially like an air parent or right tackle. Are there, are there positions that you guys are looking at, Jeff, you know, like other than right tackle and rod use that you'd like to see them maybe look into a guy to be, you know, quote unquote, the successor? Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll, ahead, I'll just say right away that there's still a bunch of question marks at linebacker. Right. Um, there's there's the question of, you know, who's going to be our number one or two wide receiver in two years. Right. Um, you know, there's there's the question of. Are we going to extend Wyatt Teller at guard? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of questions in terms of, you know, a year, two years, three years down the road. Um, I think right now this draft we're, we're looking at this year. Right. And, you know, yeah. I think Peter Jones mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Rod, that, you know, whoever we take in this draft has to be better than who we already have on the team. You know, so yeah, or you're wasting so, you your know, time. taking a guy like Marvin Wilson to, to answer your question um, you know, is Marvin Wilson going to beat out Jordan Elliott? You know, um, right. I think we have to be looking for guys who have at least a good chance of, of making the team and contributing. So, you know, right now we have a need at cornerback and at safety, um, mm-hmm. going, you know, down the road because we have serious question marks around Greedy Williams and Grant Delvin. Oh yeah. Okay, th- those two guys are the two biggest question marks right now, um, you know, beyond that defensive end position, we, we've got to know what our long-term answer is there. Okay. So I, I prioritize that next. Um, yeah. You know, linebacker is, is just not as highly valued. Um, so I'm looking for guys, you know, in the later rounds who I think can develop into the right fit in, uh, you know, that, that, Four two five attacking defense. Um, you know, guy like Tony Fields um, out of Arizona, um, who projects as a will in that sort of a system. I think we have to be focusing on what the system Joe Woods is putting together is going to look like in year two, because based on year one, we really have no idea. <laughs> right. You know, he was using right. so many spare parts that we really don't know what the defense is going to look like. Well, you know, you know so and, and that, I want to find a four, three, four, three or a four, two, five guy that's going to fit that scheme. You know, and it's so interesting yeah. to me. That's the reason I'm so kind of intrigued by Zayvon Collins as a prospect, because he is six, four to 60 and like has like a pretty decent tool set, at least as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Like I would be very interested mm-hmm. to see like maybe you make him a defensive end that you can drop into coverage. Like that's pretty interesting as far as defending tight ends, because we know 
that the goal, quote unquote, you know, is purported to be this defense to be very multiple with guys that can move around and you know change spots and you know et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So I mean that I mean that's the reason yeah. I've I've been so interested in him. I, I I don't know that they take him, you know, just because of some of the names that we've discussed that might be there. But he's a guy right. that I think is interesting at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we just don't. Yeah, really I think he know does how. things that other guys can't do. Yeah, and I think we really don't know how the Browns feel about the linebacker position. Right. You know, I think it's just a mystery until we really see a trend. You know, and, and and we've only seen one season, and they really didn't address it strongly last season. But they really didn't address the defense strongly last season. Right. So, right. So maybe they'll come out and you know and and go after somebody like Zayvon Collins. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in what you guys think. Do you think they'll they'll come out? stronger toward linebacker or or towards safety in this draft because the question we we got the question marks with grant delpit you know we we hope he's going to come out and and look great and play great but the browns have have one more year one more season of ronnie harrison and then he's a free agent so um you know they they've got spots there the, there, there's going to be a lot of really hard decisions, I think, yeah. in about a year or two. Yeah. So, so into this draft, where are they? You know, where are they thinking about? Where are they thinking of investing? Safety, linebacker. Well, I mean, I think I, I mean, it's it's just so dependent on who falls, right? Like, like mm-hmm. I watched some tape last year, and they do drop Olivier Vernon like into coverage, like not infrequently so like i think they value a defensive end that can move around a little bit nfl trends dictate that you need at least serviceable speed in the second level of the defense and they simply did not have that last year and i know jeff will agree with me so i you know it's it's just it's just such a premium that if a guy's sitting there that you think can pass rush and also defend the middle of the field like i think you go after him like i've even seen uh, at 26, or them moving back to 34 and taking that linebacker from Kentucky, Davis, because he's so fluid in the second yeah, level of the defense. On Davis, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a guy who's moving up, I believe. Yeah, it's not that that's a real thing, but you know, for people right. who are mocking, right. yeah, yeah, I've seen him mock to the Browns at at 26 now. So, um, hmm. so yeah, I guess it depends on your board. He's probably right there with Zayvon Collins. Right, right. You know, I, okay. So then, Jeff and Rod, why don't you guys? Um, who are some names that you like? Then, like Jeff, I know you mentioned cornerback uh, and safety specifically. Like, who are some guys you like then? Well, I mentioned some cornerback guys. Um, um, I think you know, if we're looking at that eighty-nine, ninety-one, one ten range of of picks, right? Um, if I'm looking for a safety there, um, probably. Andre Cisco out of Syracuse is the is in my mind the number one free safety, which is what we need. Um, you know that was our our yeah. primary need last year was somebody who could actually you know defend the pass. Uh, we didn't have it on the roster. Now um, Johnson brings some of that, um, but. I would really like to see somebody back there that, that, you know, gives us depth as, as a true free safety. Um, Cisco's coming off of a, an ACL. Um, but again, he's the type of guy who can go back there and, and, and give you, um, you know, 
the extra defender um, in four wide receiver sets. Um, you know, yeah, I think Cisco and Grant are kind of are kind of the true free safeties. But do we really know where those guys are going to go? You know, Rich, well, yeah, Rich, I think Richie those, is those, interesting. Um, I tutored Richie at ECF. He's 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 a pretty interesting guy. <laughs> Uh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. I'm. I'm really excited to see. Where I actually tutored the majority. Jamie as well, my girlfriend. But we actually tutored the majority of the guys that are going to get drafted from UCF this year. So we're pretty excited pretty uh, cool. to see where they end up. <laughs> so like, if Richie comes mm-hmm. to the Browns, like I'm going to be really excited. Like that's. Oh well, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I'm pumped for that. Hey, but I, I'm, but I'm just Cis- Cisco and Grant. Those guys could go. Um, well, probably not first round, but what do you guys think? I mean, second, third round? I mean, yeah, I think Richie. I'm thinking third round. Yeah, third I'm round? thinking third round for Richie also. Okay. Um, I think that's a good spot for him. So, yeah. He, he can we do have everything. those two picks in the third round. I think those two picks in the third round are probably going to be an offensive tackle and a safety. He uh, he used to bring us Chick Fil A sandwiches, so that's coloring my view of him as a prospect. But he's my number one free safety. Because <laughs> when uh, when the team we'll put a star by the, him, when the team went to the Peach Bowl uh, and won, well, just for going, but they won. Uh, they got like two years of unlimited like free Chick Fil A. So the guys would be they got these cards. So the guys would always be walking around with like nine sandwiches at a time, trying to keep weight during the season. It was pretty funny. <laughs> well, I mean, I I would like. It's going to be it. really interesting because there's so many different ways that this could go, Rod. Oh, I, I agree. I, I would like to see him take a uh, you know a guy a, a linebacker either either a guy like Zayvon Collins who can do the things that Chase was talking about. You know, maybe come up and play some defensive end. You know that that's probably Collins or Davis or. Um, you know, or a guy like Jabril Cox, who can, who is a better coverage kind of guy, but you just don't know with linebacker, man. Linebacker is it's changing in the league, and it seems like these good linebackers, guys who can really do things that the NFL want, you know, that the NFL teams want them to do now, man, these guys skyrocket in the draft. They I mean, it's up. You know, it's it's like you could tell me like right now that they're going to draft Collins at 26 and I'd believe you. And you could also tell me that they're not going to draft a linebacker until the fifth round. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it really <laughs> just could go so many ways. Like if Jeff said it, like if they take uh, Phillips, Asante Samuel Jr. and Togi, I like, yeah, maybe they don't touch a linebacker until the, you know, the f- fifth round, sixth round. That just might be how it shakes out. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, uh-huh. You know, I I would like to see him grab another guy, just just an athletic guy like Jacob Phillips that they can develop, who's going to have a, just a ton of speed out there, and and be able to cover guys, and you know, and be able to cover the field. He's um, so, I think he, I think they just need speed. He's just That's so different. He's so different as a prospect. Like there's guys like, and you can see it and you and Jeff will know this from like years of watching football, but some guys are just moving at a different speed and he's yeah. definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know how much stock you guys put into like that RAS, like that metric for explosive grades for prospects. But I think he was like oh. fifth ever since they started keeping track of it, which is like 1970. 
in terms well, of like, a lot of guys putting up like 99s right now on their uh, pro days, but yeah, <laughs> everybody for, for him, you can kind of see yeah. it on film too, so it kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, I think it'd be great if the Browns get a guy like that. But but if they could get somebody that would help with the pass rush and could also drop in coverage like like Collins, I mean, you know, it makes sense. But you know, it, it might be that they just don't value that position, and maybe they just go corner, safety, defensive line, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and 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 we're set at line. I mean, in their mind, maybe it's just big nickel forever, right? Like John Johnson and uh, Troy Hill. Like maybe we're just Maybe linebackers is kind of an afterthought. Like you pray that uh, Jacob Phillips kind of develops. Like I know he had flashes last year um, in terms of being kind of up to speed of playing linebacker. Like maybe you pray he develops and then your other linebacker is kind of just a crapshoot. Like maybe Anthony Walker pans out. Maybe he doesn't. Yeah. So here's uh, my problem with those guys, Rod. Um, Zayvon Collins can can give you some pass rush, can give you some um, pass defense from the linebacker position. Uh, JOK can can give you some linebacker play, can give you some safety play. These guys either solve two problems for you or they solve none. And going back to uh, Jabril Peppers, um, there was a guy in the middle of the first round who solved none. Not that he's, you know, was utilized correctly or whatever. But I think where we are as a roster, we're past the point of taking chances on guys that we don't know what we're going to get from them. Well, in the first round particularly. I mean, that's why I would probably be fine if they if they get somebody like Cox or Baron Browning or something like that in the third round, an athletic linebacker. You know, Baron Browning, round, Baron you know? Browning impressed me defending tight ends in the playoffs. Like I thought that was pretty, uh, and even I think in the that's what they season. need, right? They need some speed. Uh, you know, whether it's a yeah. whether it's a safety, uh, you know, or a big corner, or or a linebacker that's very athletic. They need somebody to, you know, somebody else to fill that spot. I know Troy Hill can can do that, but you you need uh, the more guys you have that can play like that, the better. Right. The name, a name in the third I liked was uh, McGrone from Kansas or not Kansas, uh, Michigan. He's, I think he's really good, and I think he would probably be there in the third round for them. Well, I mean, if you know, if these uh, if these guys actually are still there in the third, and the Browns have an option to to get a linebacker who can help at that spot, I think I think it'd be I think it'd be big because I'll I don't know I'll be kind of surprised if the Browns take a linebacker in the first or second round. I'm projecting. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to project one trade up and I'm going to project at least one trade out to for future assets. That's, that's what I'm going to say right now. So how many total picks do you have the Browns taking, making? I think they're going to make six picks. I think they're going to trade up once and then they're either going to trade Two picks or one pick for future assets. Yeah. I think that's probably what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I, I could I could see that. You think that's pretty realistic, Jeff? Yeah, that that's a safe bet. Okay. Excellent. And I think if they could move up that from fifty nine, um, that's that's the pick that that makes the most sense to move up because yeah. yep. 
the the the, yeah. the top picks in the second round this year. Um, first of all, this draft is just so wonky because of COVID and guys opting out and everything that that I just I wonder, you know, how accurate the evaluations are going to be. Um, yeah. But yeah. the chances of hitting on guys at the top or you know the top half of the second round. I think there's going to be guys there that in the past may have been first round picks yeah. um, that we're going to have a lot better chance of hitting on. So I think that pick is prime for, for moving up. I think you mentioned that earlier, Chase, to get us into the top half of the second round. If you could um, get a, I if, like where we're sitting in the third yeah. top of the fourth for, for developmental guys. If you could get up to 49 and get a guy like Asante Samuel Jr., Javon Holland, you know, Jabril Cox, like in that range, like I think you, you probably have to do it. Well, I think a, th- a third, third or fourth rounder will get you there. I would have to look at the charts, but <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think you could get yeah. up 10 spots for your fourth rounder, certainly. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. Definitely. So, uh, so yeah. This has been fun, guys. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Chase, do you have any any closing words for us? We really didn't even get to uh, get to kind of catch up on you and your and your personal stuff. Oh uh, uh, yeah, we're your personal we're life. I was going to ask you about law school and all that, but uh, finals are in a week and a half, so I am on not a lot of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All the more reason why we should be closing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well th- yeah this was good um i guess in terms of closing words like i'm very bullish on the browns i don't think it like i think we can talk about it and continue to talk about it i don't think it know if it ultimately matters like because we know the front office to be competent i think so whatever they do i think is going to be good and and jeff said it and you guys said, and you said it rod there's a million different ways it could turn out and most of them are pretty good so yeah. you know right Definitely. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, anything to close, close on? Well, we still have um, over three weeks until the draft, so we can beat this up a million different ways. Um, And we will. It's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, I think a fun, uh, fun (laughs) exercise, right? Like let's, uh, we should all get back on, right? And we should all get on like the draft network or PFF and maybe do like a mock draft for the Browns and we can kind of update like say who we all took at 59 or say, you know, yeah. get something like yeah. that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the only other thing I want to say is um, if, if people aren't aware uh, tomorrow, my brother is reaches the double nickel. Um, so I want wow. to wish happy birthday, Rod. Uh, happy birthday, Rod. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks. Now everybody knows I'm an old timer. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, been good talking to you guys. Yeah, man. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Thanks. Uh, this has been the Browns Blitz. Thanks. We will catch you next time. <laughs>